The following audio is from LifePoint Church, located in O'Fallon, Missouri. For more information about LifePoint Church, visit us online at thelifepointconnection.com. How you guys doing today? Good? Great, great. Well, if you don't know me, my name's Ken, or Kenny, or whatever. Um, I'm the outreach director here. Um, I direct the reaching out. (laughs) Uh, And if you haven't been here... Uh, For the past couple of weeks, or almost a month, or almost two months, um, we've been going through a series called The Story of Everything. Now, the story of everything is important uh, because it talks about one character, right? It talks about one character. Uh, From the beginning to end, there's one character in the Bible that is consistent. Now, you may not know this, but... He's the most important person in your life also. And that is Jesus Christ. Amen? So what I'm going to do is uh, preach through Hosea today. Now, Christians, we know this is going to be hard. Non-Christians, I love you. (laughs) I love you all. Okay? So, and I I want you guys to give it a chance. All right? (laughs) So don't be mad at me and throw stuff at me right away. All right? So uh, just turn to the book of Hosea. Um, And I'm just going to start off with a question. I've been a Christian for about five, almost six years now. And this question actually, I mean, I've had trouble with these past five, six years. Uh, And the question is, where is my treasure? Have you guys ever asked yourself that? What, what, what is your treasure? Right? And Jesus said, wherever your treasure is, your heart will be. Right? So, what is your treasure? What do you value above all? What do you long for? What do you pursue? What brings you joy? Have you ever asked yourself that? What brings you joy? Well, let's turn that around and what brings you pain? What brings you worry, doubt, fear? What keeps you up at night? Because if we're honest, both of these go hand in hand. Like, if I take away your joy, you feel pain. So whatever I can take away from you and you feel pain, that's your joy. For example, everyone knows that I have a sweet tooth here, right? (laughs) And my wife's here, uh, and she can attest to this. Uh, you know, every time that I'm r- am rummaging through the pantry, right, from whatever room she's in in the house, or whatever, however deep she's in in her sleep, like it could be 2 o'clock in the morning, because I've tried it, all right? <laughs> like, from, it sounds like a voice from heaven, but not like the nice voice, like, like, put that down, right? And now I feel pain because I want the chocolate, <laughs> all right? So whatever is taken away from you, that's, and you feel pain, that's your joy, right? So is it comfort? Is it success? Is it material things? A new car, a new house, knowledge, right? New clothes, 
Or is it a ministry you want to run off of? So if we're honest with ourselves, whatever we pray to God for, that is our joy, correct? Now, I mean, but then the Bible says God wants to be our joy. And at this time, like, what we do is we just have God there to pursue other lovers, right? He, he's the means to an end instead of being our joy. So, and I'm not saying these things are bad. I mean, we need a house to live in. We need a car to make it to work on time. Or we're fired. But is this the only reason why you're Christian? Because God can deliver these things? I mean, let's ask ourselves, is God a materialist? I mean, in the book of James, it says that we pray in the wrong way. It says, when we ask, we ask wrongly, spent in our passions. And this is a letter straight to Christians. And as Christians, so many times we, we just want God to do our bidding, correct? Like, Lord, please, please let me get this now. Now. Okay, no, please let me get this in 30 minutes. In Jesus' name, please. Like, God is like the pizza guy, right? We pray for the desires in our heart, right? And the world says, just follow your heart, correct? I mean, it says, your heart knows what makes you happy. But in the book of Mark, Jesus said that from the heart comes evil thoughts. The Bible says that your heart is sick and it's of stone. I mean, Bill preached about it a couple weeks ago. We are born with a heart of stone. And the enemy knows this. The enemy knows that you are born with a heart of stone. And it tempts you, it tempts you to worship a false god, a counterfeit. And this god twists the truth of God, the pure truth of God, making us think that this false God can fulfill us. Can you guess what the most false or the most powerful false God is? Can you guess? It's the God of me. The God of self is the most powerful false God on the planet. Because it tells you everything is about you. I mean, it's always been about you, right? I mean, just look at the social media temple that you build yourself. You literally have followers. <laughs> it's always been about you. I mean, God created Adam perfectly. It says in the Bible that God created Adam perfectly. And what did he do? He chose self. And when Jesus was standing in front of his chosen people, and Pontius Pilate said, what shall we do with this man called Jesus? He, he calls himself the Christ. And God's chosen people said, crucify him. Because we choose death. We choose ourselves. Now, hopefully that sinks in. Now, 
God just becomes just a, a means to an end to us, right? God just becomes our waiter, our genie in a bottle, our Santa Claus, right? I got to be real good so I can get some presents. Or he just becomes the last dollar in our pocket. Oh, thank God. Man, thank God that soda costed a dollar now. Because it's all because of me. It's all about me. But Jesus said we need to die to ourselves. We need to forsake everything and follow him. So the question is, where's your treasure? Is it in you or is it in God? Because God created us to find treasure in him, in him alone. Fully knowing that he can satisfy our souls. God created us for a loving relationship with him. He wants to be what you can't be without. But instead, we love everything else. We constantly cheat on God, who is the lover of our souls. How do you think God feels when we cheat on him? How do you think? What do you think he's, he's feeling up there? Have any of you been cheated on? Have any of you been stabbed in the back? How did that make you feel? Some of you know about the situation about me and my son. I haven't seen him in three years. I know what rejection means. And in 2015, I had a business, successful business, that I had to leave because I was in business with a cheat. I was stabbed in the back. How do you think I felt? Well, I'll tell you how I felt. I wanted to destroy him. I wanted to give him what he deserved. So, how do you think God feels when you reject him, when you cheat on him, when you stab him in the back, when you pray to him to give you everything else besides him? How do you think he feels? Over and over, God paints a picture of an adulterous people in the Bible who he has chosen from the beginning, but that over and over cheat on him. We get a picture of this in the book of Hosea. And Israel at this time was very prosperous. And in this prosperity, they have forgotten about God. They have started to mix pagan beliefs with the truth of God. Why? Because they worship themselves. Right? If you follow the truth of God and you make offerings to idols for worldly stuff, you're cheating. So, let's turn to the book of Hosea, chapter 1, verse 2 through 3. Now, get ready, guys. <laughs> <clears throat> And when the Lord first spoke through Hosea, the Lord said to Hosea, Go, take to yourself a wife of whoredom. He's not pulling any punches. And have children of whoredom. For the land commits great whoredom by forsaking the Lord. So he went and took Gomer. Now, like I said, God isn't pulling any punches. <laughs> Even though 
that God spoke to Hosea like that. Hosea commits himself to Gomer. And then children are born. And God tells Hosea to give them special names. I mean, these names are very interesting, right? And, let's, and let's, I'm going to say them in English so we're not confused. It says, the first one was called punishment withheld or mercy. I like to describe it as I owe you something. The third one is called not my people. Well, no, the, the, the second one is called no mercy. And the third one is called not my people. Now, this is important to understand because he needed to remind his chosen people of what they deserve. And if you really think about it, for us to listen, we really need to get put in our place sometimes, right? Right, parents? Right? You need to put those kids in their place, right? And the whole book of Hosea, I mean, just lines it all out. I mean, you know, God is just going off. Um, and, 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 and this is something that they needed uh, to hear. And then in chapter 4, verse 7 and 9, let's go there. We have it up here. And it says, the more they increase, the more they sin against me. I will change their glory into shame. They feed on the sins of my people. They are greedy for their iniquities. And it shall be like people, like priests. I will punish them for their ways and repay them for their deeds. I mean, and it just goes on um, in these chapters. Uh, chapter 4, if you want to look in your Bibles. Chapter 4, it says, uh, the, the Lord accuses Israel. Chapter 5, it says, punishment is coming for Israel and Judah. Chapter 6, it says, Israel and Judah are unrepentant. Chapter 9, it says, the Lord will punish Israel. I mean, sin is serious. The Lord says that sin is serious. And this world tries to downplay sin. <laughs> it's fine. It's fine. That's how, that's how you are. That's how, that's how you're made, right? God has a right to divorce us when we cheat on him. He has a right to cut us off. We ha he has a right to be separated from us forever because he's God. And in the book of Matthew, it says, Jesus is saying, if you look at another woman with lust in your heart, you have committed adultery. And then it goes on to say in chapter 19, it says, the only reason you can divorce is for adultery. And if you look at that, Jesus is only speaking of what God said in the Old Testament. When you set your eyes on another and you lust after her, you've already committed adultery. When you set your eyes on another God and you worship them and you want them to bring you material stuff of this world, you have cheated on God. God has a right to divorce us. This is serious. God is completely righteous and just in this. Let's take, for instance, if you were watching a movie. And then there was a husband and wife. And the wife keeps on cheating on the husband. What would you say? 
Or would you yell at the screen? Which you're not supposed to. And then she comes back and says, I know I've been cheating on you, but look, dude, I like this other guy over here. Why don't you help me go get him? What kind of person is that? What would you say to that person? What would you nudge your, your husband or wife? Would you go, <laughs> all right? How do you think God feels? But God is love. God is perfect love. The two best words in the Bible is but God. But God. And it says, being rich in mercy because of the great love with which he loves us, even when we were dead in our trespasses. Even when we were dead in our trespasses. That's Ephesians chapter 2. 4 through 5. And then in Romans 5, 8, it says, But God shows his love for us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Now, isn't that beautiful? I mean, isn't that beautiful? Isn't that what we're here for? God doesn't stop pursuing us, even when he's perfectly righteous in giving us wrath. He doesn't stop pursuing us. He pursues, it, he pursues us as undeserving as we are. He still comes for us. Like in the book of Hosea. He sends Hosea after Gomer. When Gomer enslaves herself for adultery. Now, let's go to chapter 3 in Hosea. I think we have it up here. And it says, the Lord said to me, go again and love this woman. It says, go again and love this woman who is loved by another man and is an adulteress. Even as the Lord loved the children of Israel. It says, even as the Lord loves the children of Israel. It says, they've forgotten about me, but I still want them. Though they turn to other gods, I still love them. And then it says, so I bought her for 15 shekels of silver and a homer. I don't even know what that is. But it says I bought her. He bought back his own wife. Now, how do you buy back what's already yours? Imagine your spouse standing up here, covered in shame, chained up, and you're like, come on, let's go. But there is a slave master, right? The slave master says to you, look, I don't care. What you call her or him, that's what she's worth. Now, I'm going to say that again. The slave master doesn't care about you. This is what you're worth. So Hosea, no questions asked, pays the money. He redeems his wife. He redeems her. 
Would you do that? Would you do that for your spouse who willingly enslaves himself for adultery? Would you? No. Mm. No, I wouldn't. But I know someone who would. (laughs) Sweet Jesus, right? Sweet Jesus. He comes and he pays for us. No questions asked. Jesus Christ saves us. It says in 1 Timothy, it says that Christ gave his life as a ransom for us. He takes the punishment that we deserve and he absorbs it completely on the cross. And he redeems us. He buys us back, not by your works, not by what you do, but his perfect and complete work on the cross. His love is so great that he raises himself to life and pursues us even more every single day. Just imagine that kind of love, a love that lays down his life for the people that would kill him. We said, crucify him. And he laid down his life for us. He lays down his life for you. What kind of love is that? What kind of love is that? That's divine love. You can't understand this love. That love is above worldly knowledge. Finite cannot understand infinite. And God is infinite love. And he explained this in chapter 2. Let's all go to chapter 2, verse 14 through 20. This is good. This is so good right here. He lays it all out. It's so beautiful. I may get a little emotional. Eric? You there? You got it up. So it says, therefore... Behold, I will allure her. God allures you. And he says, I will bring her into the wilderness. Just like Israel was in the wilderness being occupied by Rome in the time of Jesus. Just like you are in the wilderness of your comfort right now. And he says, I will speak tenderly to her. I mean, he doesn't come in like an angry husband. He speaks tenderly. And it says... And then I will give her her vineyards and make her a valley of anchor. Make the valley of anchor a door of hope. The valley of anchor refers to sin and death. But God makes sin and death a door of hope. Only he can do that. And then it says, And there shall she answer in her days of the youth as the time when she came out of Egypt says that God delivers us from slavery just like he brought us out of Egypt. And in that day declares the Lord, you will call me my husband and no longer will you call me my bow. Bow means master. For I will remove the names of the bows of your mouth and and they shall be remembered by name no more. And then in 19 it says... I will betroth. Betroth means marry. I will unify. I will marry you to me forever. I will marry you to me in righteousness and in justice 
and in steadfast love and in mercy. I will marry you to me in faithfulness, not your faithfulness, my faithfulness, God's faithfulness. And then you shall know the Lord. And then you shall know the Lord. Because salvation is of the Lord's. Amen? Amen. So what did you think of this? These, these couple of chapters, three through, is one through three in Hosea is what we call the gospel. It represents the gospel accurately. But we all know that Jesus is the greater Hosea, correct? So do you guys think that? Do you guys think that this is representative of the gospel? Yeah? I got a question, though. What did Gomer do to deserve this? Where's the verses of Gomer? The answer is nothing. Neither do we. But God choosing us, coming for us like a king comes for his husband, or like a king comes for his queen, like a husband comes for his bride, the only thing that we can really do is respond to him. That's the only thing we can do is respond when he calls us. Because God has a plan for his bride. Do you know what that plan is? It says it over and over in the Bible. It says it over and over. It says, so you will know the Lord. And Jesus says, I have told you these things so that your joy, so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete. The only joy that is complete and everlasting is Jesus Christ. Amen? And today you can respond to this. Today you can respond to the call of God. And the only way is to fall on your face in worship and in repentance. Repentance. Not responding like a master or a slave driver, but as a lover, as your spouse. That's the way he wants you to respond. Can I pray for you for that? Lord, thank you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for everything that you have um, just said today. And I pray for everyone that's in here, Lord. I pray that they understand that this wasn't meant to do anything except convict their, their hearts and their minds, Lord. And I pray that they come to know you in a deeper relationship because this is what it's all about. This is not religion. It is relational. You want a relationship with your chosen people that you've chosen from the start, Lord. I pray that everyone here understands that and hears that, Lord. Everyone, Christian, not Christian, I just want them to understand you, Lord. 
I want them to understand you. I want them to hear you. I want them to love you. I want them to, to just be with you. I want them to know that you're the most important thing. And I pray that your joy completes them, Lord. In Jesus' name. Thanks for listening to this week's message. LifePoint Church exists to engage, encourage, and equip through the gospel for the glory of God. Therefore, it is our prayer that the word of God would be an encouragement to your heart and lead you into a deeper relationship with Jesus Christ. If you would like to support the ministry, you can do so by visiting our website at thelifepointconnection.com give. May God bless and may your life point to Christ everywhere in every way.